Hey, hey, this is your girl Trendy, and we're back with you today with some tough talks. Racism is prejudice and discrimination directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. I have been following news related racism on campus, college campuses, and find these hostile environments unprecedented. Big universities, small colleges, Ivy League schools, predominantly white schools, law schools, it really doesn't matter. Campus racism is everywhere. FBI data shows that the hate crimes on college campuses are rising. Recently, over the last year at Stanford University, a noose was found hanging from a tree in front of a student's residence hall. A noose is a widely recognized symbol of violence and racism directed, directed particularly against African-American people. Our community values affirm the dignity of all people and call upon us to speak out against racism and other forms of bias and discrimination in a voice of solidarity and humanity. Together, we must continue to strive for justice in our community in which discrimination and hate-fueled intimidation have no presence. Another example of hate crimes on universities um, is when four students at Harvard Law School received racist text messages and emails from a burner cell phone. The message stated, we all hate you. You know you don't belong here and you're just here because of affirmative action. This action was directed towards blacks and women and Harvard did nothing to address the issue. Today I have with me Faishon Dominique, who is a recent graduate from Webster University in Missouri, which is a predominantly white college as well. Faishon transferred there and completed two years, finishing up her major in biological science with a 3.9 GPA. But while Faishon was at Webster University, she was a victim of a racial attack from a male Caucasian student at the university. This is our fourth episode of Tough Talks with Trendy. Our topic for today is racism on college campuses. I am delighted to have Faishan Dominique here with me today. She will speak to you on her experience with racism at Webster University and how she was able to push past the distraction and earn the right to speak at her commencement in May. I would like to welcome you, Faishan Dominique. Welcome, Faye. Hello, hello. Let's start. Um, with you letting the listeners um, hear about the experience you had from start to finish. Okay, so unfortunately, I went through an incident that happened at my university. Um, what happened to me was I was in the library studying along with a friend, and I ended up leaving our study room to go to a computer lab that was upstairs from us. And when I went upstairs to the computer lab, there was just there was a Caucasian man there and an Asian girl sitting elsewhere. And I just sat down, started printing, and the background I heard within the first 30 seconds of being there, I heard, nigger, you're going to learn one day, nigger. And wow. it caught me off guard because when it happens to you, you don't want to believe that you're hearing or you're seeing what you're seeing. And... I immediately got up to see who it was around that corner. And it was the Caucasian man that I had passed to get to my seat. And he looked at me, he, he stared at me, and he was staring through me, basically. He had no shame in what he said. 
you could see it. He looked at me like that was for you. What I said, and it, it was like no, no remorse, nothing. And so I immediately left and I went to the library front desk to tell them what happened. And they jumped on it. The police were called. That man was arrested that day. And um, should I continue on like how the school handled it? Um, so he was arrested. I did see him get into the cop car. I filed a, a complaint against it through the school, through the police. And then I worked along with the administration at my school to make sure that this man can no longer be on campus or to see if there's any consequences for what he has said. I learned that he has been causing issues with other students for being like, for being disrespectful, for just being uncalled for, for being drunk on campus. And all of these other stories started to come up when I started using my voice. And this happened in April of 2018. And the year, this, the academic year ends around May 10th, around that time. It took until that last week of school for me to get a response from my, my school. And what, what, was ha what happened initially was that the man was banned from the library, which gave me so some So he was peace. a student? He was a student. He was a graduate student. Mm -hmm. He was older, definitely in his 40s or his 50s. Wow. And from what I've heard, he had issues. Like... He, mentally, he wasn't there. He wasn't mentally stable. No. Okay. No. And so, like, the first thing my school did, they put a, a, a ban on him so he couldn't go into the library. That was good enough for me because I lived off campus. I just at least wanted to get my work done and, mm -hmm. and leave, go to my classes, and not have to worry about him. And then I just kept going to events because I got more involved. Um, I got more involved in my school, so I kept going to events because they're free, of course. And I kept seeing this man everywhere I went. I was walking to school, back the to same home. guy. I kept seeing him. I kept seeing him, and it made me uncomfortable. I was crossing the street where I didn't have to. Mm -hmm. I didn't know, like, he wasn't banded, like, anywhere else on campus. Just on the library. Just the library, and I didn't know where he, like, I didn't know how to avoid him. And wow. even though, like, I know the school had to investigate what happened, mm -hmm. and it'll take time, but... That, that was tough right there. You just don't know. The situation wasn't all the way under control. Even though right. it had ended, it wasn't under control. control. Not yeah. not for me. Okay. Because I did not want to be around him. And um, so that was what first happened. I kept pushing. I kept pushing with administration, with the dean's office, with the president of the university. I kept pushing. I got students behind my back. Any race, any race, it did not matter. People supported you, knowing that you had gone through such a horrible situation, you had lived through it, that, that experience, I had everyone behind me, and we kept speaking up. We kept speaking up, and we wanted some action. We didn't want that man to just go to, to the campus and be accepted and not have to go through any, like, in, any consequences for what he did. And so it took me to go all the way to social media. I, put, I made my post on Facebook, and it blew up. And it was the community outside of Webster, Webster Groves community, parents reaching out, students reaching out, mm -hmm. um, alumni reaching out to the dean's office. And I think mm -hmm. that was what got us a quick um, response, a quicker quick response. response. Okay. Because honestly, I feel like if I didn't if I didn't do that, they I wouldn't have had gotten to anything done until after the, the year was over. Oh, wow. Yeah. And once I did that, we had meetings. We just it. I, 
meanwhile, I'm trying to get through my finals. Right. But like we, I had meetings after meetings after meetings. I had students with me. I had parents with me. I had mm -hmm. professors with me. I had. Um, so you had the support. I that had you the needed. support. Yeah. I had a lawyer with me who was also a professor helping me out on my side. Okay. And we pushed really hard that last week of school, and then. The final result that we got was that man was banned from the campus. He's banned. If I seen him anywhere, I would call public safety or the police, mm -hmm. depending on the situation. Mm -hmm. And if he was to be on campus, he was to be escorted. Like he could not be alone. Just wander around by himself. No. Nope. Okay. That was so good. That we was had, good. We had a good result for that. And I wasn't, honestly, I wanted something to happen. I didn't think that that would happen. Mm -hmm. And it gave me so much like relief. Good, good. Because so. nobody should go through that. Nope. So let me ask you this. What are some things that make it hard being a black student at a predominantly white college? Well, in the world that we live in now, it's very hard because people, the hate that people have is coming out more and more in places you wouldn't even believe. And so going to a PWI was like, it was difficult for me because I always stood out and I tried to not think about it, but you can't help to sit there and be like, I, there's only one person who looks like me in this mm -hmm. classroom. There's only one person who looks like me in this lab or who's doing what, whatever it was that I was doing. I always thought that. Mm -hmm. And I always, I, I always tell, told myself to not let that be a barrier because mm -hmm. I'm, I am a pretty open person. Like I'm not the type to always be around those of my race like I just wanted to make good friends build good relationships and work hard and have good outcomes mm -hmm. and so of course I always had the I, the thoughts go through my mind like I'm different I, like I don't know what to do and then when whenever uh, I would meet people and they would just act out of the ordinary mm -hmm. immediately my mind would go to it's because I'm black right and it's so hard and I'm not saying that I and more quicker to call out races, mm -hmm. but I'm more quicker to call out being treated differently because of how I look. Right. Because the last thing I want, I don't, I, I was raised to not treat people that way. So right. I don't want to be treated that way. And so there would be times where I felt like I was talked to differently mm -hmm. because of how, like because of my skin color, because I was a woman in a science field in my degree. I always felt like those were reasons why people talked more so down to me in a way or mm -hmm. just assumed that I didn't know things or assumed that I didn't have things mm -hmm. and I had it all and I knew it all right and so it just pushed me a little harder to make it be known like I work hard I have this and mm -hmm. this is why and I and instead of me being like quiet which is how I usually am mm -hmm. I had to like broadcast that so people could take two steps back two right. steps back and not um not so not walk over me but just not just you know, get over those like stereotypes. Right. You know, I'm not a walking stereotype. Right. So I just had to make it clear from the beginning who I was. So you touched a little bit on the next question that I'm going to ask. One of the biggest challenges going to a predominantly white school is the pressures that you have to represent, um, meaning, you know, you're representing the entire race mm -hmm. um, by succeeding in everything. Did you experience any psychological struggles with that? Um, did you feel like you had to? To prove yourself? In a way, I did. I did feel like that because I would have, I, I've had so many conversations where people, where obviously people felt like I just didn't know. I didn't know things that we would go through, whether it's our classwork or what's going on in the real world. People just assumed. And mm -hmm. so I always felt like 
you just gotta lay the line. You always have, to, I always felt like I had to prove myself. And even if they didn't ask, like tell them like, I know this, like just back off a little bit and don't treat me that way. It doesn't even mm -hmm. have to be that way. So it was more so not really, I never really had the idea of like representing my race, but more so representing myself because nowadays people see nothing but color. Mm -hmm. They don't see you as an individual. They don't see you for like your rewards and how good a how good you've done based off of how hard you've worked and so I tried to more wear it out on the outside and let people know because I don't think people I don't think anyone is recognized enough for like what they've done right so okay um next question confronting racial bias from professors who have never taught black students for example a professor tells you um that you know, he has a hard time connecting and understanding you and your needs because he has never taught one of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Drop oh. the mic. Drop the mic. I have one of Ooh. them meaning a black student. Mm -hmm. um, he doesn't mean anything negatively by this. Um, he's just being honest. What would be your reaction to that? I haven't been in that situation, but I've been in so many similar situations where like, the person is obviously being honest with you. They're in a way they're reaching out to you, no matter how awkward it is. So, that those are the times where you have to make it a teaching moment. When they're like, "I've never been someone around someone like you." I've had a boss who could not have a regular conversation with me. Like he always pointed out, mind you, I went to school. I had dreadlocks coming down my shoulders, and this boss he would always have to like say, "Oh wow, like." He would always comment on my hair type or you have the ones who will always look at all your tattoos or just make it really awkward point out why you're so different mm -hmm. instead of just talking about business talk about whatever you want to talk about but you don't have to point out our differences but when when they reach out like that i've had people ask me like how did you do your hair extensions my dreads so like i've had i use those times to teach mm -hmm. these are my dreadlocks this is how they work Mm -hmm. This is my real hair. Mm -hmm. I take care of it. I wash it. Let them know everything because I feel like people, they obviously don't know. And many times they're not around enough of us, enough African-Americans or people of color to really know. And even though I, I really don't know if there's a, any right way to word it, it's going to be awkward. Mm -hmm. But if none of us take the time to teach people about us, about our culture, about our needs, then we're not going to get anywhere. I agree. I agree. Um, last question. Um, with racism rising on college campuses, how would you recommend that administrations deal with it, deal with the issue? And do you feel like your Webster University dealt with your situation correctly? I I believe Webster, I think my university did the best that they could. Mm -hmm. um, they, of course, they, they had to take the time to understand the situation. And I did critique them a lot on the speed of their response. You gotta, you have to respond quickly to stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not a physical matter, mentally it hurts to go through a, a like a racist incident. Mm -hmm. And so I told my school, like, I need you guys to act faster. Mm -hmm. And um, I meant to include this earlier about the incident that happened with me. There mm -hmm. was a, bon a, a ban on the, at the library that was removed. 
and no mm -hmm. one communicated that with me. So that man could enter the library and I could be there and come across him where I felt like I was in a safe place and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. So like you have to communicate, you have to act fast, you have to make sure that the students feel safe on both sides, mm -hmm. on both sides, I because agree. if they don't feel safe, I, I promise you, when I went through that and I felt like there was not going to be a good outcome, I was considering leaving that school. I did not care about the little bit of time I had left, but mm -hmm. it's enough. It's no matter how short of a incident it was, mm -hmm. it's painful. And if you don't act fast enough and if you don't help students feel comfortable and safe, then mm -hmm. you're going to lose students and you're going to you're it's going to be a bad ending for both sides. I agree. Okay, well, we're about to wrap it up, and I just want to know if there is something that you want to share with the listeners, um, some pointers you would want to give them on um, racism on college campuses. Um, for me, I'm going to share my pointers. Don't isolate yourselves, especially if you're like, if you've had the experience that I have going to a predominantly white institution, be open, meet people. Everything isn't what it is on the cover. You know, people may be judging you based on your skin color, but there's others who aren't. So open yourself up to meeting other people um, and, and speak up, speak up. Even if the, the incident isn't a fully racist incident, if you're uncomfortable, speak up. Even if, even if it makes you, even if it's the hardest thing, you have to use your words and you have to fight. And if we do it every time, I promise you the problem will slowly go away. Um, and show out. So try your hardest. You're going to have troubles. There's people out there that are like hating you because of your skin color. Don't let it stop how hard you're working. Let it be fuel to the fire. So always give your all, speak up, and just stay true to yourself. So that's what I would, that's what I would say. Awesome. I hope you guys found today's episode helpful. I'd like to thank my guest, Faishan Dominique, for joining us here today on Tough Talks with Trendy. You can follow me at ttwt.com, Anchor, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you have any thoughts on today's episode, you can email me at ttwt7112 at gmail.com. If you have any topic ideas, hit me up and I will be sure to shout you out on our next episode. Thanks again. And remember, life is worth living.